0: Hope you've had a good morning. If you're visiting us today as well, then you're really, really welcome and hope that you enjoy uh, being with us, and uh, it's great to have you join us. If you're watching online as well, hope you're having a good morning, or if you're catching up later, a good evening, or whenever it is. Anyway, should we get started? So, have you noticed how different uh, companies and shops and other things, they can, get be- they can get known for things and a reputation, like beyond, you know, the product they sell or, like, what they serve? So some get known for, like, really great customer service or, like, a really great place to work. Like, oh, they're a really good employer. Oh, yeah, they're good to work for. Some are known for, like, innovation and trying new things and experimenting. Some get known for, like, really good values. And obviously then, you know, you've got the other side as well where, you know, they got terrible customer service. But we'll keep it positive today. So anyway, you get these, like, reputations, don't you? And I was thinking about, for us as followers, followers of Jesus... What are the, some of the things that, like, Jesus wanted his followers to be known for? That kind of would be, you know, some hallmarks, if you like, of, of their lives and things and, and following Jesus. And there's some that, like, spring to mind when you think about it. Let's have a little look here. So, love is one, isn't it? You know, Jesus said to love one another... And he said that, you know, this is how people will know you're my disciples, by the way, that you love others. Uh, famously, Jesus said about serving, you know, that he came not to be served, but to serve. And he said one time, um, he calls his followers together, and he says, you know that the rulers in this world, they lord it over their people and flaunt their authority but among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. And Jesus is all about, you know, serving. Another famous, like, expression that Jesus gave once, he said about being salt and light, like the salt of the earth, like a distinctive and uh, the light of the world. He says, you know, you're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. In the same way, let your good deeds shine, vote for all to see, so everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So we've got a few of these kind of things that, like, come to mind when we talk, Oh, yeah, what, you know, what would be, be known for? But there's something else that Jesus mentions, and it's kind of connected to all these, but it's distinct, and it, it's not always the one that comes, like, straight to mind, and it's to be known for being a people of peace, a people of peace that in our lives and experience, that we would live out of like an inner peace within ourselves and that we'd be a people who extend peace to others, that we live in peace with others, that we pursue peace in our world, that we help create peace where we are. So in Mark's gospel, for example, where Jesus says this phrase about being salt and light, when Mark records it, he records Jesus as adding, he says, have salt in you and have peace among you. And famously, in Jesus' sermon on the mount, one of the most famous kind of collections of his teaching, he said, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God." And so, being like a people of peace, like a hallmark, is one of the like identifiers, uh, the difference that Jesus makes in our lives, that he brings peace into our lives and through us to others. And so, I thought we could have a little look at it together. And what does that like kind of mean? And what might that look like for us? And we're going to do it in two parts. So in part two, coming up in a couple of weeks, we'll look at kind of peace in our relationships and in our workplaces and in our world and how we can kind of, you know, be peacemakers, if you like, as it says here. But today, I thought we could remind ourselves of the fact that Jesus wants us to experience peace in our own lives and hearts, and that's a gift that he has for us. You know, Christmas has come and gone now. I don't know if you had any gifts this year, any socks maybe, but peace is a gift that Jesus wants to give to us. Now thinking about peace, you have that saying to you, like, oh, a moment's peace. If I could just get a moment's peace. And so I was thinking about what are some of the things for me and maybe some for you as well, that kind of bring you a moment's peace? Uh, what like, what comes to mind? For you, See if you've got kind of any on my list here. So my dad, in fact, the other day was saying that he likes it when he wakes up early. I'm not sure about that one. But when he wakes up early, you know, before anyone else and, you know, maybe it's still like a little bit misty and uh, maybe get a cup of coffee in before anyone else is up and, you know, it's all quiet and all still. Have you ever had to do like a long journey and you leave like really early in the morning and the sun's rising as you go and there's no cars on the road. That's, that's quite nice. I do like that. Okay, so maybe that's one. Maybe it's when you get an assignment done. When you finally give that hand in, or that task is complete, or you know, you've been moving house or something, and you finally, you know, you get in, and there's a big task complete, and it's like, oh, you get that sigh of relief. Or one that I like is when you get to have a change of scene. You know, if I had like a really busy week or a busy month or something, and maybe you've got like an afternoon on the weekend or something, and you just try and go out somewhere else, you know, down to, down to the beach, down to Caswell, or out, and just being out, a change of scene, for me, that's, that's one of my favorites for kind of getting a moment's peace or one that I'm recently learning about. I mean, it's easy because I've only got one, but for some here, may, this may be more relevant is when the kids are finally in bed and you like, you close the door and it's like, ah, oh, and that kind of, you know, it's a bit of quiet until you walk downstairs and you see all the mess that's been left that's now to clean up. And so peace can be quite fragile, isn't it? You know, we get a moment's peace, but it can be easily broken, But Jesus says that he wants to give us his peace. And this peace, Jesus is the source of this peace. And so it's not easily broken. In one conversation with his disciples before he was arrested and went to the cross, Jesus was explaining this to them. And he mentions it over and over and over again in different ways. He really wants us to get it, that his gift for us is peace. He says, for example, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. And then later on in the same conversation, he says, I have told you all this so that you might have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So what is Jesus' peace that he wants to give us? He says, this is my peace. So what is it and what makes it different? In the Bible, the word peace has a much kind of fuller meaning than like how often we think about it when we hear the word in English. The Bible word for peace in the Old Testament is shalom, that's Hebrew, and in the New Testament is irene. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but something like that. And uh, this peace is more than just kind of quiet and calm, you know, when there's like the absence of busyness. You we've know, had, like, loads of people over the house, and then it's a really nice time, but then when everyone leaves, it's like, oh, it settles. But this piece is more than just, like, the absence of busyness, and it's more than just, like, the absence of conflict. You know, if you've had, like, you've ever been in work, and maybe two people have had a bit of a ding-dong or whatever, and so then they keep out of each other's way to, like, keep the peace, but it's not real peace, is it? That's, like, surface levels peace. They're not, you know, because it's not really resolved. This peace is more than just like the absence of conflict or keeping out each other's way, that kind of thing. This peace is something deeper and fuller. It means wholeness. It means unity with others and with God, perfect unity. It means well-being. There can even be activity and uh, complexity, but amongst it all is when things are right and just and ordered and working as they're meant to, things working as they're meant to. Imagine if that kind of peace came to, like, our schools or your school or your university or your workplace or our nation. If you're in know, all the busyness and complexity and all the things going on, but it was ordered and right and just and things working properly and there was wholeness and wellness and good relationships and unity and that was existed, doesn't our world kind of cry out for that kind of peace? And this is why Jesus came into our world, to bring this to our world. Because God loves our world. He made our world to to be in that state, to be at peace, to be complex and beautiful and amazing and all the different things, but to be wholesome and well and true and good and healthy. And our world has become broken when humanity turned away from God and we sought to do life and rule it in our own way, if you like, And we see how it's broken and fractured and there's competing and there's falling out and all the things we experience. But God came into the world himself as a man called Jesus to restore our relationship with God, to restore our peace with God, that we would live in that unity with him again. And Jesus, he experienced all of the brokenness of our world, so much so that when he died on the cross, when he was betrayed and lied about, an innocent man murdered, the opposite of peace and things working well, He took all of that onto himself and all the things that we've done wrong as well, and he died. But then three days later, because Jesus was innocent, because he's God to come into our world, he came back to life again, defeating the brokenness of our world, overcoming it, and he returned to heaven. And so now Jesus, as a man, a human being, is in heaven, and he's reunited people, humanity, and God, so we can have access to God's peace once again in our lives. When we welcome Jesus into our lives, he wants to bring that into our lives now. He gives us this assurance of eternal life, that one day Jesus will return to our world and he will bring our world to peace and he'll be totally healed and restored. And when we put our trust in Jesus, he promises that that will be our future as well. But in the meantime, it's not just something he wants us to wait for, He's something he wants to bring into our lives now, and to allow it to outwork in our lives, so we can experience it now and help bring it into our world to bless others as well. And so Jesus wants to give us up his peace, that this would work in our lives even now, even in this broken world. And so three things that kind of Jesus does is number one, he brings to us the peace of being totally forgiven. So there may be things in our past that we, could re- that we regret or wish we could undo. But when it comes to Jesus, he totally forgives us. He totally forgives us and like wipes the slate clean, like turning over a brand new page. Paul, who writes later on in the Bible, he puts it this way. He says, this means anyone who belongs to Christ, who welcomes Jesus into their life, has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And receiving that total forgiveness is such a freeing experience, and it's a gift that Jesus has for every one of us. We can't change the past, but he gives us a brand new start. And we can't kind of change sometimes the consequences or the things we've got to own up to or work, work through in our past, but Jesus empowers us to walk forward with a renewed purpose and free from feeling guilt and shame from the things of the past, but we can walk forward with a freedom in our hearts and minds and discover a new start. And it's an amazing gift and it's for every one of us. And also, not only do we get this gift of forgiveness that we receive, but Jesus empowers us and helps us to forgive others. And I spoke on this before Christmas, and this is one of the keys for experiencing peace in our lives. And so if you haven't kind of heard it, or you need to hear it again, then it was kind of end of November. It's on the website, it's on YouTube, and I kind of unpack there about how he helps us to forgive others, which is one of the essentials for experiencing peace in our lives. A second thing, Jesus kind of brings us peace for the things of our past, and he also brings us peace for our present, for this moment that we're in now. Jesus' peace is a firm foundation out of which we can live our lives every day. This is what it says. This is in Isaiah. It says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord our God is an eternal rock. Now, Chloe earlier announced Alpha that we're running next week over in Penland. And our very own Beth, as many of you will know and have seen, she featured once in uh, one of their adverts when they were kind of promoting it across the UK and across the world. And they came down here to, to Swansea to film her story of uh, when she came along to Alpha. And in her story, Beth discovers how what led her to kind of discovering Jesus for herself started off with the, the pressures of school life. So do you want to see a school photo of uh, me, Beth, and Flick when we were all in school together? Here we are. This is back in like 2008 or something. So there we are when we... Young and fresh and free and all that. Anyway, <laughs> um, people used to say, oh, you don't look any different, but I definitely do now. Anyway, moving on. So, in Beth's story, she so explains how it all started with, like, the pressures of school life. You know, the pressures of, like, fitting in. Do you remember? I don't know if you... I remember being in school. But it is, like, you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to wear the wrong thing. You don't want to do the wrong thing. You know, you don't want to get picked out. You want to kind of... You, there's all those pressures. We can all, like, remember those. I remember once, even, with my older sister, Rachel, there was this kind of thing where, or it might have been Chloe, where it's not just that you had to have the right bag, but you had to have the right plastic bag for your PE kit in. And all the girls had Jay Norman bags. And uh, is this, anyone kind of remember this? Is no, this regular anybody else? And it was like, I think my mom had to go to Jay Norman. I didn't even know. what was this hell. Sock, was this, clothes. And buy some socks. or something to get a Jane Norman carrier bag, because it was like... Anyway, if you had the Tesco value bag, you were in trouble. So, but if we're honest as well, as adults, these things kind of never really go away in some ways, do they? They just look different now, don't they? There's still these kind of pressures, but they've just kind of, they've changed and they're more like grown up, but they're still kind of there. So anyway, Beth talks about how, you know, these kind of pressures of school. And one thing that Beth loved was she loved to sing and she was a part of the choir, but around like 14, 15, she gave it up. Because it wasn't the, because of the peer pressures and it wasn't like the cool thing or whatever. But then she said how Flick in the middle there, we all know Flick, how Flick came along to an Alpha here, and she became a Christian. And Beth recognized the difference in of in Flick in school. And Beth said that Flick seemed like more settled in herself with all the, you know, the life of school, and she had peace. And Beth thought, that's what I want. And so Flick invited Beth along to Alpha and a whole bunch from school came. And Beth says how she always believed that there was a God, but she didn't really know how it related to her. And then she discovered coming along and hearing about it, that God loves her personally and that Jesus had given his life for her and that he invites her into a friendship and a relationship with him and as a purpose for her life, just like he has for all of us. But as for you, it's meaningful, it's personal, and it's real. And when she kind of, decided this is what I want for myself and decided to follow Jesus, that she discovered that she was totally loved for who she is and welcomed. And that experience of experience, the total love that God has for us and this deep awareness of belonging to him, it brings an inner security into our lives, a peace that makes a huge difference. And for Beth... Fortunately for us, it meant that she felt free to take up singing again, which is amazing, isn't it? And she wasn't singing today. We had the amazing Zoe and, the, and Connie and uh, Bella, but we love Beth when she leads our worship as well. And this is a foundational piece for all of us in our lives, that we have a place of belonging, that we are loved and known and of purpose, and we live our lives out We live our lives out of this security of belonging, out of this firm foundation, that we don't have to live our lives trying to prove ourselves or going from one thing to the next and striving for approval or acceptance or meaning or significance or belonging, because we already have that. That's our foundation. And we can live out and discover and learn and grow and work and play and do things and live life already having those things and place in our lives and enjoy the gifts of this world. Um, because we already stand on a firm foundation. So there's peace for our present. And then finally, amongst other things, there is peace for our future. I've been a Christian for a long time now, and over the years, I've experienced God's peace in many different ways, as we've kind of been talking about. I'm sure you have as well. But I remember one particular occasion where it was kind of particularly noticeable. And in um, 2019, it was kind of a year after, Precious had had cancer and had gone through treatments and things. And then every year, you'd go for, like, an annual checkup. And so it was kind of one year on, and we went down to the hospital and um, going in for the kind of the checkup. And I was just expecting to be in and out and, you know, for everything to be fine. And I was, like, totally unguarded. I went totally in, like, unguarded. And we went in, and they did some scans, and they found something that they were worried about, and they thought that maybe the cancer had come back or spread or things like that. So they, they sent for further tests. And we were, both came out to the appointment in a bit of a shock. And for me, I just felt sick is the only way I could describe it. I have never felt fear and kind of worry like that before in my life. And I, I went in totally kind of unguarded, and it really hit me for six. And I was just so way I could describe it. And it was like all head to toe. And uh, I remember we went round to my parents' house and we told them about it and we prayed together. And as we were praying, I was uh, reminded of this verse um, from the Psalms where it says, "'God is our refuge and strength, "'always ready to help in times of trouble. "'Therefore, we will not fear.'" And as we prayed together, I had this experience that I'd never really had like this before. Um, that as we prayed, it was like this, the fear that was just kind of all over me. It was just almost, it just, you know, it just like lifted off, almost like out of my stomach and out. And this peace um, just filled my being. And it was the way I can describe it, it was almost like putting a life, it feels like, like putting a life jacket on. It was almost like putting something on. And it was this amazing peace and stillness that just, where I was all churned up, just kind of filled my being, my mind, and my heart, and my stomach. I remember leaving their house, and just over the next, we were waiting, say two weeks the test would be, it turned out to be 10 days, and, and the test did come back clear. Sorry, I should have said, the test came back clear, so we were kind of, so that was good. But over the next 10 days, when we were waiting... I just felt I just had no fear at all, no, like no fear, and I knew that obviously we were waiting and we didn't know, and you're still kind of, oh, what's this going to be? And you're thinking about the possibilities and stuff, but there was just no fear, and there's this incredible peace that kind of um, carried me in that week. And for Precious as well, she was studying for her final exams of med school, and she had the same kind of experience, and she was able to do her studies. She passed the exam, and that was amazing. And then 10 days later, they called, and they said that the results had come back clear. And when they had that phone call, there was still that huge, oh, my gosh, that huge, like, sigh of relief, a huge sigh of relief. But in the waiting, there was this sustaining peace. And so Jesus' peace, it isn't like pretending that everything is okay but in the face of challenges or trouble or uncertainty, he brings that inner security and stillness and strength to face the reality head on and to go on that journey of challenge with the assurance that we are not alone, but that God is with us and at work in our lives and that he has power to make a difference and that ultimately with Jesus, we will overcome. And whether it's now or in the future or in eternity, that what is ahead for us because of what Jesus has done, it is good and it is wholesome and it is healing and it is peace. And that that is the promise that is ahead for every single one of us. And Jesus brings the certainty and the assurance of that into our hearts and minds now to help us on the journey that we go through. And on this note of, like, facing challenges head-on, there's all sorts of things that can cause us to feel worried or anxious or concerned about the future. In this case, it was a health health thing. But sometimes the challenge that we kind of, that is in front of us, is the feeling of worry or anxiety or our mental well-being itself. And that's the challenge that's ahead of us. And in that journey, sometimes that might include um, Go into our GP or getting some counseling or getting some help from professionals who really have trained and worked and know how to help us with our minds and our bodies. And... But as we do that, we can also know the presence of Jesus with us. On that journey, we can also invite the peace and the power of Jesus to help us on that journey, just as we do with any other challenge and any other thing that we face. And it's there for us as well. Nicky Gumbel, who um, many of you all know is a, a pastor and he kind of heads up, heads up Alpha. He put it this way. He said, peace is not the absence of trouble, but it's the presence of Jesus in the midst of trouble. And so finally then for us, how can we learn and grow and experience this peace in our lives and live in it each day? What are a couple of practical things? The first practical thing is to accept Jesus into our lives. Over the years, I've kind of met, met you know, all my friends and I, am a Christian, and working in and out of Penn Land and going in schools, and doing projects and stuff, meet all kinds of people, and, you know, they know them from the church, and often people have asked me to pray for them, and sometimes pray for people, and they've been healed, or just pray for people generally, and sometimes, um, you know, when you get to know people, they'll text me regularly and say, oh, Matthew, you know, I'm going through a bit of a hard time, or I've been worried about this, like, will you pray for me? And I always do, and I'm always happy to. But when I get the opportunity, sometimes I've said, like, I'm really happy to pray for you, and I will pray for you, and I will always be happy to pray for you, so you can always ask me. But what will really help you to make this long-lasting, it's not just for me to pray for you, but if you were to accept Jesus into your life for yourself, because Jesus comes into our life. He's like the Prince of Peace, and he comes into our life by the power of his Holy Spirit And he will be with you every single day. And that's what he wants for you, to bring all these things that we've described, forgiveness, security, well-being, the knowing that we belong, the promise of eternity. And he brings this into our our experience. And and all you have to do is, is say yes and choose to almost like, it's like if you were driving the car, to like open the car door and let him come and sit next to you for the journey and do it together, that you would journey together. And it's a little bit like, I said to one person once, it's almost like, if you were thirsty, I could give you a bottle of water, Um, but wouldn't it be, it's almost like better that we all have a a tap with free flowing water in our house that we can like turn on any time, and we're not looking for the next bottle of water off someone, and it's there. And Jesus wants to bring that to every single one of us, and it's the amazing gift, and so If you're here today or watching and you've maybe kind of exploring, you've got questions, be like, you know what, I don't know if I've ever almost opened my life to receive Jesus for myself and say, I want to do life together and receive these things, then then why not do it today and experience it for yourself? And then the second thing is all about feeding our faith. So I'm rubbish at gardening, and as many of you know, because I've shared my problems with you before. And um, last year, we moved house, and there was new grass in the garden. And um, I was like, it's really easy, because there's no trees, there's no shrubs. The place where I was renting before, the landlord's really into gardening, and there was all sorts in there, and it was a nightmare for me. So this is just grass. But already, within like, you know, a few months of moving in, it's full of weeds. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, no, I can't even keep grass. Nice. Um, So... um, I was, you know, went to the shop, and I was like, "All right, what what should I do?" Should I pull them all out. Should I do this? I do this? So anyway, I was looking for the easiest option. <laughs> I found one of those, like, you know, all-in-one weed feed, plant seed, uh, cut the grass. It does everything for you. So I was reading on the back, and what it said was, "If you feed the grass," I don't know if this is true, okay, but if you feed the grass properly, then the grass will outcompete the weeds and they'll be, you know, they will outgrow the weeds, and they'll be, you know, strong enough to, and the weeds won't take over. In a similar way, like in our lives, you know, we're faced with all kinds of messaging, aren't we, all the time, all day long, and often they can create in us feelings of, you know, when we were told, oh, you need to buy this, or you need to do this, or, you know, everyone else is doing this. Why aren't you doing it? Or you need to get this promotion, or you should be earning more, driving a better car, or whatever it is. We get all these things all the time, and they can make us feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not being enough. I don't have enough. I don't wear the right thing. I don't look the right way, et cetera, et cetera. And they can, you know, and obviously on the news and everything as well, all these kind of things all the time that can stir up these feelings of insufficiency, or striving, or worry, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's like what we got to do is we got to feed on, feed our minds and our hearts and our thinking on what is true, and the things that God says for us and His truth that He is with us, that He is for us, that He is able, that He is strong, that we are enough, that we are enough, that we are loved, that we belong. All these things, and feed them so they can outcompete. they can grow strong. So, a few little thoughts for us. Let's have a look at that verse, actually. So, just like this verse says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. So, in the morning, when we wake up, or just before we go to bed, if we're kind of used to getting out our phone and getting straight onto social media or checking the news or checking the scores. and, uh, you know, maybe before we go on to that app first, you know, maybe why don't we open the Bible and see what God says and receive something from Him or just take a moment to pray and ask Him to be with us on that day or share with Him what we got coming up and invite Him to fill us with His peace and feed our thoughts on, on God, God's truth for our lives as well. Or maybe, you know, if you got a busy day or whatever, maybe you've got time just to make a coffee or a tea and that's kind of like, oh, you have a little break and you drink your tea and, you know, maybe you kind of flick the TV on or or you chat or whatever. But maybe while you, in the time it takes you to drink a tea or drink a coffee, just use that time to pray and tell God what's on your mind and ask Him for His help or put a worship song on and just listen to the words or read read something from the Bible, Um, you know, read the next bit that you're reading and allow it to kind of sink into your mind. Or maybe when you put your head on the pillow at the last thing at night, um, does anyone else like, as soon as your head hits the pillow, you fall asleep? I'm one of those people. It's really annoying if you're not one of those, isn't it? But I am. But anyway, before your head hits the pillow or whatever you do to fall asleep, just take a moment to think of one thing to thank God for one thing in your day that you can thank God for. Because practicing gratitude is a great tool that Jesus gives us to receive peace and joy in our lives. And just think of something in your day, whether it's even the fact that you have a bed to sleep in that night. And thank God, and thank God that he is with you. And try, maybe if, you know, maybe you're doing these things already, but if not, try this over the rest of the month of January and see, see how you feel by the end of the month and see if it helps you to experience in the day-to-day more of this gift of peace that Jesus has for you. But before we do that, why don't I take a moment to pray for us? And let's pray and invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill us with this peace again, because it is a gift that he wants to give us and put into our lives. So let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you are a God of peace and that your gift to us is peace, that it sustains us in our lives. And that is a firm foundation and is based on what you have achieved for us, that you overcame death, that you are alive now in heaven, and that is the promise for our future. And if you're here this morning and, like I was saying earlier, about welcoming Jesus into your life and you think, that is something I would like to do, then why don't you just pray this simple prayer with me now and and it's something that you can do. You can just say, Jesus, I thank you that you gave your life for me. I thank you for the gifts that you have for me. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. And I ask, would you forgive me? And I receive your total forgiveness now. And I welcome you into my life. I want to do life with you. And I choose to follow you. And when you come into my life right now, and bring your peace as well. Amen. Well, let me pray for everyone. Holy Spirit, I welcome you here now, and I thank you that you bring your peace into our lives, into our hearts, into our minds. And that is the presence of Jesus, not the absence of troubles or challenges, but it's your presence even as we face them. And so if there's anyone here who's really in a moment where it's like, oh, I really need that peace right now, then why don't you just pray and just simply say, Jesus, fill me with your peace right now and I'll pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray, would you come and fill every single person that is asking for your peace this morning, I pray, would you strengthen them and would you come upon them and bless them and would they know it right now in their experience in their thinking and in their feeling and in their being. And I pray would you sustain them with it this week. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Great, thanks everyone. Thank you, Chloe.